Welcome to Women Who Love Jesus. My name is Kristen Stockfish, and this is episode 14. You guys, I have Lauren Tomlin on the podcast today, and she kind of blows my mind a little bit in the ways that she talks about hearing from God. I was able to hear her speak on this subject matter, and I knew in that moment that was a subject that I wanted to dig even deeper into. This is a special episode, you guys. She leaves time at the end for us to be ushered into the presence of God, to hear from Him directly. And so whatever you're doing right now, keep doing what you're doing, but allow yourself and make room for yourself at the end of this podcast to actually partake in that time of prayer with us. I know, I'm convinced that God is speaking to us more than we are even aware of, but we often don't give Him the time to do so. But this podcast with her has that built in and there's nothing like Lauren leading us into that. So Lauren is wife to Chris. She has two little girls and is just a wellspring of knowledge and wisdom. So enjoy this with me. Thank her for this and be sure to take some notes and send it to a friend that will be encouraged by this. And I'll see you on the other side. I know of you because I went to a retreat called the encounter in January and we were just talking about how that seems like five years ago and not just earlier this year, but I honestly went into it. My, I, we have a mutual friend named Emily and we need to give her a shout out cause she's just awesome. But, um, I went into it a little bit apprehensive and kind of scared because, I think that I had a preconceived notion of what it meant to really hear from God. And then this was something that just was so different than any scenario I had ever been in before. And my mind was blown in all the most amazing ways. But before we get into just the encounter and what that looks like and part of what I learned and how um, God shaped me, I would love to hear a little bit about um, why you are a woman who loves Jesus? Why do you think that that is um, beyond just the idea that we can't love him without him first loving us? Why do you love this person? Why do you love Jesus? Well, I just think, you know, it's one of those things as a little girl, for me personally, it was so much the stories of God and Jesus but then when you start to see his fingerprints all over your life in your own personal story, yeah. you know, those kind of undeniable moments that you look back and you just, it, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, it's a hundred percent him. It can't help evoke some sense of just wonder and joy with how intentional he is. Yes. And I find that over and over again, when I speak and meet with people is just how much he comes through in the midst of our circumstances to make himself known. And he's just so fun in that way. And so intentional and regardless of whatever has come against us or happened in our story, he just has a way of meeting us right where we needed him most, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. so it's endearing, yeah. you know, to see his intentionality. It is. And I think it's not something that ever gets talked about, especially I'm thinking about my friends that maybe don't know Jesus and that you might enter into a conversation like that saying, he's just so fun. They look at you like, 
for real? Like he is. And when you know him in this kind of intimate way, you're so right. That intention that he has, it's just so fun. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about how you got involved with this retreat, the encounter, um, and a little bit about your story when it comes to hearing God, because when I went and got to hear you speak about that specific subject, I was like, man, this is her lane. You can tell from even far away, like this is what her heart beats hard for. And mm -hmm. um, I would love to know a little bit about your journey. Have you always been someone that has heard from God and you've been confident in that or have you not? And when did that enter into your relationship with Jesus? That's such a great question. You know, I was a pastor's kid and so very much grew up in the context of the church. Um, and although my parents didn't put a pressure on me to be the typical PK, mm -hmm. I still think there was a self-imposed um, performance treadmill that I very much was on in terms of like feeling that there were certain things that I needed to do or hoops to jump through in order to please God. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even realize that was my whole posture as it relates to him, that it was, what do I need to do? What do, how do I need to perform? You know, do I need to be in the scriptures more every day and just feeling like I was always behind. And so it's interesting. You mentioned this encounter my parents, it's actually their ministry. And so I went on my first encounter just to quote unquote, support the fam. Like it yeah, was totally. genuinely like, Oh, this is great. They're doing this. And I love my parents and you know, it's a, a new retreat. And so I'm going, and I'd seen a, a shift in their own life, but it really hadn't trickled down to me personally. Yeah. And so it was interesting because when I was there, it was at a time in my life when I was in my mid twenties where things had gone a certain way and I really wasn't fulfilled. I was a hard charger, performer, um, perfectionist. And if I was honest, I wasn't happy. Yeah. And so it was like, God kind of let me run down that lane and get pretty tired. And so fortunately my time at this retreat intersected at that point where I had gotten my dream job at Chick-fil-A in the marketing department. And it was like, the epitome of all things for me, you know, it was like the mm -hmm. top and I'm looking around like, is this it? And obviously Chick-fil-A, it was a great job, but God was really coming after me and inviting me into more with him. And so it was fundamental when I heard the message because no, I had not, you know, had a personal walk with God where I really felt his fondness of me and would inquire of it. It was more of a head knowledge and I certainly knew he loved me and there was moments where I felt him kind of wooing me, but it wasn't specifically like hearing from him. And when I say hearing from him, it's not like an audible voice, you know, when my yeah. husband's talking to me, although I wouldn't limit God's ability at that, but, um, more so just, I was really awakened to this at this retreat, my parents retreat about how we can actually hear from God. Like he can impress things on our heart. We can take questions to him and he can answer us. And so it was in really hearing that message and then, and then in the retreat, because had I heard it and just left, I probably wouldn't have put it into practice, but 
you know, when you're sitting there for four days and you're journaling and you're taking all these questions to him, and then you walk out of that retreat with a whole journal filled with things, mm-hmm. not that the speaker said, I mean, I know you probably relate, like yeah. you probably don't remember what any of us said, but you will never forget what God said to you. Right. Oh, so good. That's why it's so different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Like you, how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have things that you'll never forget when you were sitting outside in yeah. moments where you just don't forget when he kind of makes things clear yeah. and really impresses things upon you. And so that was really the turning point for me. Yeah. Just kind of hearing what is available. Yes, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast that would probably describe themselves as like a natural striver, like not just in life, but in their relationship with Jesus too. And I think the a huge takeaway from that weekend for me was the idea that I, I want to be a woman who loves Jesus. And I know that I am, but unless I am regularly um, in tune with how much he loves me, it, I will operate out of a place of striving, even in my relationship with him. And that's just, it's destructive for, for everyone. There's such a better way that I want to read this one part of a prayer. I don't know if you wrote it, if your mom did, if your dad did, but this is part of the prayer that you guys graciously just gave us in those in-between moments. Um, It says, I admit that real and lasting freedom is not going to come by my trying harder or striving. It will only come in the authority of Jesus and me believing what Jesus says rather than what I feel and the lies I've believed for Mm -hmm. so long. And I can't even, I still, to this day, I can't get through that part of the prayer without tears coming in my Mm -hmm. eyes because I just, I think that part of striving is mm-hmm. so deep in all of us mm-hmm. and that performance like treadmill that you're kind of talking about is something that a lot of us are just kind of under even in our relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. um do you still find yourself in that trap every once in a while and when you are there what what's your go-to like what's your next move when you're like holy cow I can I'm totally performing I can feel it that I I'm doing this again um, what does that look like in the like retraction and the backing out of it? You know, I think it's a great thing that you're raising. It's kind of looking at what's on the dashboard of my car, you know, like you have your check engine light, you know, when the oil needs to be changed or certain things that you're like, uh Oh, we need to tend to this right now. And so I think one of the things that's always helped me is knowing what are my triggers, meaning when I'm triggered, what does that look like? Like, where do, where do I go? Does Lauren get uptight? Is Lauren like yelling at her kids? Is Lauren, um, high control, not laughing as much. There's certain things that I know, uh Oh, okay. What's going on here. And I've got to look under the hood to kind of see what I'm believing about myself that's kind of sending me in this direction. Yeah. And so when you kind of know what your own thing, because for some, it's not what I just mentioned for some, it's I'm heading to the fridge or the pantry, you know, for others, it's I'm on Instagram for two hours or I'm like shopping and I show up at home with tons of bags and I don't need any of it. You know, it's like everybody has different things that are on their check engine light. 
Yeah. But when you start to see, okay, like, where am I going in my life um, with what I've been believing to find life really apart from God? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So in those moments when you want to like to use that analogy to look under the hood, to see what's really going on in your heart, can you describe a little bit of what that looks like in your time with Jesus when it's like, this is clear that there's something that is triggering something in me. What does that look like practically in what you take to him? Yeah, so let me step back and just kind of read a scripture passage because, you know, to share my story is one thing, but I also think to even like foundationally stand on what scripture says about hearing from him because a lot of times it's something that we don't even know is available. We're not mm-hmm. even taught that. So let me just share this and then that. I'll kind of like launch into kind of how I do that. Yeah. Um, but I love this passage. It's in John 10, 10. And uh, Jesus is telling the disciples, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on to say this four times, we're to know his voice, you know, to recognize his voice. And then, you know, as a sheep with a shepherd, they follow their shepherd. So that's kind of like the implication, like it, he's saying, Hey, not only do you hear it, but you recognize it, you know, it's me. And then you're able to respond. Like there's that much of a tender heart to be willing to turn when, you know, the shepherd calls. And so, you know, what's interesting is we're not really aware of what shepherding looked like, but during this time period, when Jesus was talking to the crowds and disciples, they knew what he was saying because what would happen is, is shepherds would be in a pack with other sheep and their shepherds. So everybody would mix Mm -hmm. their sheep at night to protect them from predators And so by morning, each shepherd would call his own sheep by name and they would follow his shepherd. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful picture. That's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just the posture of our heart to be even open that this is available. He says it four times. So he must know this is really hard for us to believe. And it is hard, you know, until you kind of launch out and give him a shot, which hopefully we'll get to do at the end. I can lead Mm -hmm. us in a prayer. We just love that. Yeah, inviting him to speak. But, you know, for example, when you're talking about the triggers and like where I personally go, it's very much like, okay, I'm feeling angst Mm -hmm. right now. Jesus, would you show me like, what is this about? Mm -hmm. And somebody might pop in my head or he might give me a picture. He can bring a word. He can bring a song, a scripture, he can speak in a variety of ways, but it's just being open to the impressions that he wants to bring to your spirit. So it's not literally like an audible voice, but more of just what he wants to impress upon your heart. And the more, here's the cool thing, the more you kind of work that muscle and the more you take the moment to even give him the chance to speak. Mm -hmm. And I always love to journal things out because it's a great way to just pause and capture it real time. Cause you know how life is. It's like, you know, ADD. And before you know it, I'm like folding laundry, you know, but so to really write it down and be like, Jesus, what is this? Like, 
this person really hurt me. What is this about? Mm-hmm. And just allowing him to kind of walk with you through your heart's movements. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. I think of the woman listening that says, okay, like totally tracking with you. And I want that so badly. And there, there's probably kind of two sides. One side is that sounds risky to me because what if he says nothing? And then right. the other, the other side is, um, how do I, how do I know that's not just me? You know, how do I, I hear that all the time when I talk about this, pe- people will be like, well, when, when do I know it's God? And when do I right. know it's me? Um, how do you, how do you guide people in, in those questions? That's so, it is so true. It is risky. It is one of those things that's very vulnerable. I think it's why, you know, a lot of times we don't really hear about it. You know, it's one of those things that I think can be considered quote unquote dangerous. 100%. Like, oh, you know, but there's certain things, obviously, um, guardrails of like, okay, if what I'm hearing or sensing goes against scripture, then I know that's not red flag. Yes. Red flag. Other red flag is if it's condemnation, you know, that there Jesus and the Holy spirit will only move through conviction, not shame, not Mm -hmm. condemnation. So if what you're hearing is in that vein, you can know, okay, this isn't from God. Mm -hmm. And I always love to just kind of wade into the shallow end versus it being the big, like, huge overwhelming questions of like who do I marry or do we buy this house or like I'm not saying you don't take those things to him but I think the easier questions to take off the bat are Jesus would you tell me how much you love me Mm -hmm. and literally you just sit and listen and you just literally in faith believe whatever you hear and Mm -hmm. you write it down and that's hard because the reality is a lot of us are really used to hearing negative things and whether it be the lies from the enemy or how we even talk to ourselves, you know, we look in the mirror and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, disgust over this or that. And so to hear something extravagant or lavish or wonderful, I mean, like, do you really talk to yourself that way? Probably not. Right. (laughs) Yes. I remember you saying that if it seems too good to be true, that's Jesus. And that helped me so much because some of it, I would be like writing it down, my eyes getting wide, like while I'm writing, like there is no way. And then you're like, wait a second, is this too good to be true? And it's like, that's the kind of love, the lavish love that you're talking about that he gives his children. So I love that. I think that's great. And it's, yeah, being able to discern, is this me talking to myself and knowing yeah. Do I really, do I talk in that kind of loving language to myself most of the time? Sadly, like, no, really not. So I love that. One of those things, the more you come to know his voice, then you can wade into the bigger questions. So it's like, if your best friend calls you, she doesn't even have to introduce herself because immediately you recognize her voice. That's I mean, if you, if you pick up, hello, it's like, boom, this is my best friend. Right. Whereas if I called you, I'd have to say, Hey, Kristen, this is Lauren. Cause we don't talk all the time. Right. And so it's one of those things, the more you come to know his voice, the more clearly you will be able to recognize it to where now, now I did not start out this way, mm-hmm. but now literally it'll be like, call this person yeah. or, and literally it could be, Hey, 
here's a picture that I want you to share with this person. I'm like, really? It's literally that specific. And, but now I've come to know it and trust those impressions where initially that's not how I heard from him. If that makes sense. It kind of grows in time. Yep, totally. And I, I've done some like what seemed to me like some weird things, like bringing some strangers some sunflowers, and I was like, I don't even know what this is. But I would so much rather now knowing him in this way, err on the side of like that was weird, but it seems like a loving thing to do, and they'll probably think I'm crazy, but whatever, you know. Th- that I would so much rather err on the side of this might be obedience, Lord, than saying no. That's just too weird or that seems kind of creepy or whatever it is that right. it's like to me because I might not see it this side of heaven but to to not know is kind of part of the fun that we were talking about at the beginning so um yeah I love that I I love the way Lauren that you talk about desire and how God speaks through desire will you just talk about that a little bit um and because I think some of us, especially in Christian circles, sadly, we hear that and automatically associate it with things like sin, you know, like um, that we desire things that maybe we shouldn't, but there's some holy and very, very good desires that God has implanted in each of us. And I love the way that you talk about that. Can you talk about desire and what that means both to you and the ways that you hear from God? you know, desires like fundamental, because I even, I think about, you know, the leper, the lame, excuse me, not the leper, the lame man that had been by the pool of Bethesda waiting to be healed. And the, you know, they, they talked about how the angels would come and there was the hope that maybe they would turn the water and that you could find healing. And so it's so interesting that when Jesus encountered this lame man, he didn't, just heal him. He asked him, do you want to be healed? And I'm sure this guy's like, are you joking? I've been coming here for years. Of course it's obvious. I'm like crippled on the ground here and Jesus wasn't being cruel. I think there was a part of him awakening this man to desire to come alive to what he really wanted. And so desires are true and good. It's actually the way that God speaks to our heart. And, And unfortunately I think in Christendom, it's easy to, to throw that out as being a dangerous thing. And our, our heart can be dangerous and desiring bad things. And I'm not talking like I want a new Mercedes in the driveway desires, but desires that are like true and good, like intimacy, or here's what I want in friendship or wholeness, like how I want my children to think of me 10 years down the road. Like, those are true and good desires that to name them empowers them to where we can then start to walk with God and partner with him in really shaping our life. So if someone dies to desire, you kind of just fall into the motions of life or the expectations of others. And so there is an empowerment of really coming alive to those and inviting Jesus. I mean, for some who could be listening, it's like, I have no idea what I want. I mean, I've been, you know, working this corporate job. I'm not very happy. I've been going through the motions or it could be, you know, I've lived my whole life just doing what my parents wanted or my husband's has wanted me to do. And so then to sit here and, and literally be in a position of saying, well, Jesus, would you show me what I want? Yes. Would you awaken me to what is good and what is true for what you have for my life? Because 
essentially, I think desire is so much even related to our calling, meaning like the very specific way that God comes alive in our hearts and is distinctly unique to who we are, to where we have a part to play in his kingdom. Yeah. You know, and so much people put the emphasis on what we're doing in our calling, but actually it's really more about coming alive to who you are. And in finding that out, then you naturally start to walk out your calling, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. It's kind of a game changer and it has been in a lot of ways for me because I've heard it said before that what you want is what you want, whether or not you admit it or talk about it with anybody um or in this case like pray and talk to Jesus about what you want and um I think that has being able to voice my desires has been so freeing because either it's a yes and in his power he's going to make that come alive even more in really creative ways that I never could have done on my own or in his grace he aligns me with the truer part of my desire, which is really just him. At the end of the day, it's like more and more and more and more of him. But what a God that we serve that there's different ways in the giftings or the story or the circumstance that he brings us to that and allows us to be part of that story. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's a game changer. And I feel like um, yeah, to be able to walk away from this episode, a listener saying like, what do I want? And I've never done that before because it feels so selfish. Like I can already hear the Christian woman on the other side being like, what do you mean? What do I want? That doesn't matter what I want. I, I don't want to be selfish like that. Like, is it selfish? Is it selfish to say what we want? Well, let's just put it this way. In you naming your desires eight months ago, because it was in January, mm-hmm. how has that shifted your life? Like name, for example, an example mm-hmm. of a desire that you named and have you been able to see things flourish from naming it? 100%. I think um, a lot had to do with my kids and just the idea that it, it wasn't up to me to ensure their like their health and their happiness and their basically that God, he revealed to me that there was a big lie that I was believing that so much more was up to me than actually was. I was playing God a lot in my life and um, naming the desire that I wanted good for them. Then that's really where this was coming from. My control freak nature was really because I wanted their good, their flourishing, but being able to name that and put it in his hands Mm-hmm. and see how like 2020 has played out like probably the only one that isn't overly <laughs> thriving in my house right now is me everyone else is like killing it but seeing the ways that God has specifically and more generally answered prayers more for my girls because they're older but seeing those play out and when I take my hands off the wheel a little bit in their lives to see the ways that they come alive and mm-hmm. that their goodness is like the goodness that God has for them is shining even brighter. I'm like, holy cow, like this, this is my, heart, so the awesome. whole, this is my heart the whole time is I wanted good for my kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good thing, but to, the way I was going about it was wrong, was all wrong. And, but he was so gracious to be like, just like let me in, like, let me into this and see what might happen. So, yep, you're so right that 
does that sound selfish? <laughs> does it sound selfish? Well, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's even essential, like in dating or in marriage, it's like so easy to let, you know, that's another example. You can let just life happen and it's bold and it's courageous at some point to say, no, I really want purity in this dating relationship. Yes. And that comes from a true and good desire or, with your husband after five years and you kind of feel like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm just like at the dishwasher. Like I miss the romance and it's amazing the courage it takes to articulate that. But then in, in stepping out in desire, cause that is a true and good desire. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a vibrant marriage, right? Yeah. But it takes sometimes fighting for it and articulating that. But if you're not alive to those desires and you're just kind of shut down, you just end up at the dishwasher, you know, man. And where have we all been in quarantine, but the dishwasher, like that is where <laughs> right. we have lived. So, um, I love that. It's so, it's so true. When you have like sat before the Lord and heard from him, have you walked away from that being like, Oh, a little bit later in retrospect, like, oh, I was wrong, or I didn't hear him correctly. Like, what do you do in the moments when it's like, that wasn't what I thought I heard, or maybe it still is, but it hasn't played out yet. Like, what what do you do in that moment when you're risking already to say, like, God speak to me, and he does, and it aligns with what scripture says and who he is, but then there's something specific that just seems like, maybe I was wrong about that. Like, has that happened, and what do you do in moments like that? That's a great question there. I cannot remember specifically what it is and, but I distinctly remember feeling the disappointment of, oh my goodness, did I hear wrong? Which then immediately you start to just doubt your relationship in general, you know, that's where the enemy shows up, right? Like, oh, look, see, you misinterpreted it. See, you can't trust him. See, this isn't worth it. And so that's what I just think you want to really just stay on top of is like not allowing the disappointment of maybe the not yet. It could be the not yet, or it could be even if you misinterpreted it. I mean, sometimes there's been things and I cannot recall an illustration, but I do know there's been several times where he did say something and I interpreted it. I was quick to interpret it differently than what happened. And so not allowing that to erode the relationship, like Mm -hmm. always returning the intimacy and always letting that um, stay strong, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I think in a lot of ways, it probably just reminds us that we're not God in this again, you know, that it's such a gift, such a grace he gives to us that we could hear his voice. And whenever that happens to me and I feel let in, in those moments, I'm just like, I cannot believe that this is something I have access to, that Jesus made it possible for me to have access to this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's incredible. But at the end of it, we're still human and we might hear something we think, and it may be a little bit off because we're us, but God doesn't get things wrong. And that's a good reminder for me all 100%. the time. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, I would love to know before we close just a little bit about, um, what just like a typical day for you, Lauren, cause I know that there's like moms and other people that have just 
even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, they have things that they're doing. But can you tell us a little bit about like your time with Jesus, what that looks like, if it has like the same rhythm to it, if it's different, or in this season, if it's like a little bit more sporadic and you're just talking to him all day. Um, tell us a little bit about that, not so people feel the need like they have to copy, but that God might use that to spark something in them to say, oh, okay, this, this is possible for me. Right. For, you know, for me, it's not like I have a set time or for some, they love that. They thrive on that routine. And, you know, I know of some people like they get up first thing and they have that moment and it's like their coffee and they get their Bible and their journal. That's not me. Um, I think it's different for everyone. And that's what I love is how he kind of can tailor make it for everybody. But um, for me, it's kind of more of, I love to carve out times to be open. So like sometimes I'll get in the car and I just hear, I'm like, don't turn the radio on. Mm. And it's a moment for me to draw close or like, you know, at night, you know, after the kids go down and I'll grab my journal, you know, it's, it's for me, it's probably more spontaneous. Yeah. And he kind of taps me on the shoulder throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happens when I kind of least expect it. Yeah. I love if that. that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And in the same way that the desires that he gives us are so specific. It makes so much sense that the way that he woos us to himself would look really different because we're all so very different. Oh, everybody's so different. And that's what I love too is again, it's nice. I think in some ways, I mean, the fact that I can even be that free to even be that loose because before I felt so just behind the eight ball and not being enough and not getting enough quiet times, you know, things I had learned, when I was young at camp or whatever it was, those things that just felt like I was never enough. I think it has been so freeing. The more I've heard from him, how much he delights in me and what he thinks of me, then I am free to just kind of walk with him and enjoy him mm-hmm. in the day. And there's sometimes he'll say, go read like Luke too. Mm-hmm. And so boom, I'm there, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's much more of an organic thing than I used to relate to him. If that yeah. makes sense. It totally does. I've learned a lot about the inner voice of me using the word should, especially when it comes to my spiritual life and learning that whenever I use that word, that it's usually attached to shame. Like I should be in my Bible more. I should be praying more. I should. And just the reminder that you gave as far as knowing, like, is it the voice of God? Is it not? If it's coming out of a place of shame, like we can be pretty, confident that that is mm-hmm. not the way that he speaks. And so um, I just, that's been a good like trigger for me to know, like if mm-hmm. I am approaching the throne of God saying like, I really should be here today, God. It's like, well, that's not the way that he mm-hmm. is, is wooing us. So um, I love that. I would love to know um, just like something really fun in the midst of the pandemic, Lauren, that you're either looking forward to or that just happened that has like, you can involve like your family or your people in it, but that really has to do with you. Like, is there anything that's going on in your life that you're like, this is just awesome right now. And it can be super spiritual or it can be not even close to being spiritual. 
Well, I got pregnant. No. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. It was such a shock. Stop it. Are you oh, yeah. serious? Oh, yeah. And it was such a surprise. I'd gotten rid of everything I had. And I mean, on, talking about desires, it's interesting. Oh, I Lord. We have two little girls and I think I always wanted three, but I have really bad, miserable pregnancies. Yes. And so again, hearing from God, again, why it's so fundamental, why I just love it so much was it's just kicked my tail again. And, you know, my frame of reference was just like, oh, just get through these nine months. And it was funny. It was on my birthday and I woke up and like, you know, I saw the light pouring in the window. And the first thing I heard him say was happy birthday. I gave you what you really wanted. I I knew what you really wanted. So apart from my selfishness, because life had gotten really easy. You know, they were older, and when to all those mamas out there, when they're in those early years and the toddler years, I mean, it's full on, right? Yes. No, and there does come not. a time where it lifts, and I was in that place, and I was not wanting to be nauseous again and waddle <laughs> around and, you know, all the ailments that normally accompany my pregnancies, and so it was just so sweet how it was such a perspective shift Wow. And again, back to hearing from God, why he can just come in and literally that one thing he said shifted. I still have all my ailments, but the way he said, happy birthday, I gave you what you wanted. Mm. It was kind of like, apart from your control and the fact that you were loving your cushy life, like I know in the end what you really want. Oh, no. I know it was the greatest gift. That is amazing. Do you know what you're having? Are you far oh, away? You're a little girl. So we're oh. like full on girl power out here. Gosh, I'm <laughs> obsessed. It's so cool. I love, I love that so much. And are you feeling horrible? Like even right now, are you like, I might barf or not? Really? Or it's not that bad, but it's definitely, I will definitely find a difference on the day of the delivery. Like there will be, a, my husband always says like, oh, you're back. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like ailments beyond, you know, oh my gosh. the normal woman. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I love that, that you can hear like, happy birthday, give you what you wanted. And you're like miserable, but really deep down, it's like, you knew, like, God, you totally know what you're doing. Oh yeah. Cause I, I had, you know, back to desires it was interesting in the past two years when people get pregnant, there would be this sense of like the longing would come up. Like yes. I always did month three, but I would squash it. It was yes. like, Nope, I'm not going there. Yes. I don't want to risk it again. Like life's too cushy. This is great. Yes. And God's like, no, I know what you really want. And I see you and I'm going to give you what you really want. So surprise during wow. COVID. <laughs> oh COVID baby. Um, Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so excited for you. So excited for you. Well, excited for the delivery date, really. For, for oh, you. oh, trust Hopefully. me. I have it down to like days, <laughs> like a, a tally mark. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Um, I would love for you to close us just with prayer and to invite people into this, Lauren. And yeah. um, there'll be some time that we'll just leave silent so that they can yes practice this. So I would love it if you would lead us in that way to close. Totally. So just to recap again, like what we're wanting is just that still small voice within our spirit to like be open to it, to not push whatever we're hearing. If it's too good to be true, I would be open to just mm-hmm. receiving it in faith mm-hmm. and kind of going with whatever you see and, or hear or sense. And so again, it could be a word 
a scripture verse, a song, a memory. And if what you're seeing doesn't make sense, just kind of pull out a piece of paper and ask Jesus, like, what does this mean? Like, if you see a bubblegum machine, it's like, well, what, is, what does this mean? This is like, this doesn't make sense to me. And you yeah. might be surprised by what he hears. So mm -hmm. I'll open, I'll kind of like set the tone just in praying and inviting him in. Perfect. Jesus, we uh, thank you just for the gift of being able to hear from you and just how much you love to come through and surprise us with the unexpected and meet us with what we most need to hear. And so Jesus, would you just come through for each of these ladies who are listening now? We pray against any spirit of diminishment, um, fear, any spirit of anxiety, just even in sitting in the silence. We just command those spirits away to your cross and just pray that you would come in peace and love and truth. So I'm going to take this question first person to Jesus as though you are praying it. Jesus, would you speak to me and tell me how much you love me? Would you give me a picture? a word, a symbol, a scripture passage, a song that would show me a symbol of your love for me. So Jesus, we are open. We want to hear from you. And so this is a chance to even just stay with that question. Um, even though this podcast is ending, you can still take that question to him. You never know how he might want to speak to you um, as you're driving tomorrow and there's a billboard or a song on the radio. Just continue to stay with that. That's my encouragement to kind of, even if you didn't sense something right away, to just keep taking this question to him because you never know how he might want to just knock your socks off. Okay, you guys, I don't even want to say anything. What a beautiful way to end a podcast. And I just want to speak really quick, just in case there's someone who with a full heart of faith was open to God speaking and you didn't really feel like you heard saw anything was given anything do not be discouraged do not be discouraged in that continue on this pursuit this was something that was really hard for me at the beginning I had such trouble removing the distractions from my mind or actually believing the things that came up in my mind and in my heart were truly from God. But Lauren gave us such great wisdom in how we can discern that. So be sure to go back and listen to those things if you're still feeling a little bit foggy in the subject matter. But know that I am praying on the other side of this that God is speaking to you. That maybe that was the first time ever or the first time in a long time that you heard the voice of your heavenly father and it's a game changer when we can be confident that he not only speaks but he speaks to us too.
adore you. I love you. And I am here and available in any way that I can be to cheer you on and to say, keep going. Guys, this year has been a doozy. We need to hear from our Lord, do we not? So let's do it. Let's give him the time to be able to speak into our hearts so that we might never be the same. Can't wait to see you guys soon. Thanks again for tuning in.